Saoros naito sa oligos notes. I mean, what? You were like an atheist when we started this, right? I am all knowledgeable. We're going to talk about that today. Double fisting over here. Christians suck. Oh, shoot. What happened? Holy Ghost Notes. Holy Ghost Notes. Episode That's 65. what we're called. <laughs> Don't be appalled. Don't be appalled. It's a great name. I've I've grown to <laughs> appreciate it more. <laughs> Don't be prideful. <laughs> that too. <laughs> oh man. Have we started the episode? Is was that our intro? I think that was a great intro. Myself. I kind of think so too. Hello everybody. Welcome to Holy Ghost Notes. I'm Tim. Yeah. This is Matt. <laughs> <laughs> We're really doing it. We're really doing it. Still going to send it. Yeah. I mean, you got to send it. Yeah. How could you ruin something so classic? (laughs) (laughs) This is the Holy Ghost Notes podcast. My name is Matt. We have Tim Anderson here. In case that doesn't make the cut, uh, I just wanted to to save it. Just say that again. The beginning. (laughs) (laughs) Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. It's not Thanksgiving for us right now. But this comes out on Thanksgiving Day, so um, if you're uh, listening to this, uh, you might be on your way to a family dinner, or mm-hmm. uh, or maybe not. I don't know. I don't know what you guys do on Thanksgiving, but uh, yeah, Matt, your your Thanksgiving's got to be, I mean, massive at this point. Yeah, it's pretty big. We're getting together at twelve fifteen yeah. Thanksgiving Day. It's always a um, there's always a question mark about holidays. Mm-hmm. Now that we're older, I'm sure this is the case for you know for you too. But with with spouses and significant others and um, kids, there are so many different places that you could be. Right. Whereas when you're a kid, it's like, well, I live at home with my parents who take care of me, mm-hmm. and there's no other place I would be. And then you get a little bit older, and it's like, well, I have friends that are inviting me to, you know to do something yeah. at their house. So then you start to get torn apart a little bit, but your parents can still say no. Yeah. Uh-uh, you're not going there. You're yeah. staying home. <laughs> right. But then, but, but then you buy a house and you move out and and then you have options. It's mm-hmm. like, do, do we want to do something on our own? Do we want to go to our parents? Um, I, it's been generally the case that we go to my parents for Thanksgiving. My mom has always been hospitable towards everyone but especially those that don't have a place to be on a holiday that's great as a kid i didn't realize the holidays are tough for a lot of people Mm -hmm. Uh, for example my cousin he lost his dad on thanksgiving day oh wow so it's like every thanksgiving that comes around Mm -hmm. you know yeah or then you have christmas and people have lost loved ones that they used to celebrate with so it's it's tough and I, i think my mom saw that and she realizes that we have a big family that's um you know, that likes to be together on holidays. And so she'll yeah. invite people over, whether it's friends of mine who, who don't have family around or whether right. it's friends of hers. Um, so it's really a, a fun thing around the Griner house. And we're going to be there with pro- probably 30 other people, Ma- yeah. maybe a little less, maybe a little more, but it'll be a lot. That's great. Multiple turkeys. Yeah, that's a lot of... If we can get them. It's a lot of people. <laughs> Three or four tables spanning the course of a few different rooms, of course. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Who's sitting outside this time? Yeah. Not it. <laughs> when I was growing up, we used to go uh, to upstate uh, Pennsylvania. and um, Oh, really? 
uh, yeah, my extended family, uh, my, my grandma's sister and her family, uh, had a hunting cabin. So oh, they cool. would actually hunt the turkey, uh, like the morning of and, really? and, you know, pr- prepare it and everyone would mm-hmm. go into this little hunting cabin and they had beds upstairs or like 12 beds upstairs. And so whoever had the longer drive would end up staying up there and, um, yeah, that, that we did that a number of years, and then I guess the same thing. You know, the families just grew, and yeah. it was tough to fit everybody in that little hunting cabin, and mm-hmm. so we kind of split off. Um, but then, of course, you know, after I got married, um, we we typically spend Thanksgiving Day with my wife's extended family, and there's a lot of right. them. And similarly, um, they are very hospitable and, you know, take people in who might not have a place yeah. to be on Thanksgiving Day. And um, so that's always... It's uh, it's important, I think, um, especially on a day like Thanksgiving. It's it is. it's it's very easy to like know that the overall idea is to be thankful, right. but sometimes you forget what you actually have and what other people don't, and that it's mm-hmm. not necessarily about sticking to your tradition and only seeing certain people that you want to see. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. sometimes it it's bigger than yourself. Um, <laughs> And I think it's easy to forget that. That's a great point. I, you know, regardless of, of where you are as a listener today, who you're celebrating with or where you are celebrating, uh, we hope you have a great Thanksgiving. Yeah. And this, this episode is not in its entirety about gratitude and thankfulness, but it's going to start off that way. Um, but I just wanted to say off the bat, you know, we hope you have a great Thanksgiving. It is not Thanksgiving today. The day in which we are recording this, but yeah. much like when August Prince Red records a Christmas song in July, <laughs> you, sometimes you just have to pretend. So, <laughs> so we're pretending. We'll just imagine. <laughs> we'll just imagine our our turkeys right mm-hmm. now. And while my we, mouth is are watering. You coffee thinking. there? Or what? I got I got coffee. <laughs> I got sparkling water. <laughs> you got multiple drinks. <laughs> just double fisting over here. Just one side <laughs> to another. <laughs> uh, five o'clock somewhere. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so I want to tell you a little story. I, I told a little, I, you know, mentioned it to you earlier, Tim, kind yeah. of called an audible, like, Hey, I want to talk about this today. Yeah. Is that okay? That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, <Do> it. <laughs> so, um, this morning I, I, I sleep with my phone on do not disturb. Do you, do you do that? Typically. Do yeah. you, do you turn on do not disturb? Yeah. yeah. So I do that because I've, you know, you have friends on the West coast or in Europe and they're calling or texting it at, weird hours and I just like to try to sleep as much as I can when mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be sleeping. So um, as you know, with an iPhone, when a contact is added to favorites, their phone call, you can set it up so that it still gets through or gets by the do not disturb. Mm-hmm. So it actually rings. Right. Um, and I have a good friend um, whose name popped up this morning, not super early, but I was still, um, I was sleeping in. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was doing. <laughs> there, the truth I revealed. It. Yes, <laughs> I won't say the time. Um, regardless, I saw the name picked up. Hey, how are you? Uh, they responded. Um, are you available? We were in a car accident. Uh, myself and my daughter. Um, I said, "Is everybody okay?" She said, "Yes." She said, yes, I don't know how, but yes. Hmm. I said, I'll be right there. So I hung up the phone. Driving there, I'm just thinking, you know, um, 
you just don't know what to expect. You know, yeah. What you know, what the vehicle is going to look like, but at least you know the people are okay. Yeah. Uh, but it, you know, it, it's something. It takes you out of your daily schedule just right off the bat. You're like, okay, this is what actually matters. This is what's actually important. Nothing else matters. I had a Zoom call this morning with someone, and I'm like, you know what? Like, even if this podcast doesn't happen, you're just clicked into another gear. Mm-hmm. So I'm driving there in this gear. I guess a little bit of like fight or flight, and I pull up, and um, my friend and her daughter are okay, obviously visibly shaken. But they were hit by a um, large SUV, and the grill of this SUV, as I looked into the vehicle, um, the the grill of my uh, the inside of my friend's vehicle showed that the the grill of the other vehicle must have been within two feet of her infant's head. Oh my gosh! No injuries sustained. The airbags Jeez. were deployed on the passenger side windows, glass everywhere. It's obviously tempered glass, so it, you know, breaks into a thousand pieces. Right. Glass is everywhere. And um, and everyone's okay, you know? Everyone's okay. And Thank so you're God. giving hugs, and you're like, yeah. Yeah. you know, I love you. I, I, I'm, I'm so glad that you're okay. I'm so glad that they're okay. Um, that's all that matters. It looks like your vehicle's probably totaled. I would never want to get in that again. You know, the other vehicle was, was actually okay because it's a large SUV. And you're just running the scenarios. I'm thinking to myself, like, if this was a car, then the grill of this large SUV would have been right through the glass instead of hitting the side panel, which is metal, mm-hmm. right? So then you're running different scenarios in your head. You're looking at the inside of this vehicle and you're seeing the inside door panel pushed in about a foot, which as it turns out, I took the car seat out. It was up against the car seat. The side of the vehicle was pushed in. Yeah. And you're just running all these scenarios, these alternate um, outcomes, and you're immediately just filled with this, um, you know, sense of gratitude and thankfulness for this miracle. Mm-hmm. And we don't yeah. throw this around a whole lot on this podcast, but there are things that need to be considered and called miracles. There are certain things that need to be called what they are and not just acts of coincidence. Mm-hmm. There are certain things that are spiritual in nature where um, we we can call it what it is, which is this is the physical world is not all there is. Yeah. There is another element to life. There is a spiritual element to life and our prayers matter. Yeah, And I saw a miracle this morning and what I saw. So I just wanted to bring that up, especially on Thanksgiving episode, because um, it made me realize three things. <laughs> In a typical Presbyterian fashion, there are three points I want to make. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's based on my experience this morning. <laughs> so <laughs> the, <laughs> the first is be available. Okay. Um, had I not been available to go be there and help out and pull stuff from the car, um, there would have been someone else most likely who could have gotten the call, but I'm so glad that I was available mm-hmm. to help. So make time and space in your life for other people. Yeah. Make time and space in your life for there to be nothing happening so that if something is needed from you, you are available to do so. And even if it's not in that time where you're available, you can move stuff around until you uh, can find time to do it, right? If your schedule's packed, you're maxed out, you have nothing to give. So be available. Number two, be thankful. 
Um, as I said, we have, we have so much to be thankful for. And a situation like this this morning reminds me that we don't think about that enough. I don't think about that enough. I call a buddy of mine often and I say, how are you? And his response is usually better than I deserve. Mm. Okay. And I'm like, I like, I like that a lot because, I mean, we can all say that about ourselves. Mm-hmm. So be thankful. And number three, I thought about this when I was cleaning stuff out of the car at the shop. Be kind. Um, there's that statement that says, be kind. Everyone you meet is fighting a hard battle. We've talked about that before on here. But you just really never know what someone's going through. That's true. And my, maybe my friend's out later this week and someone cuts her off in traffic and she freaks out on them, right? Well, you don't know that she was in a car accident that still has her shaking, mm-hmm. you know? And so her reaction to that, it really isn't something personal against you. It's a, it's a reaction based on something that's happened in the past. Right. So regardless of who you're with or what you're doing or who you're around, just be kind, be nice. Yeah. Be available, be thankful and be kind. And I wanted to sum this up with um, uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, which says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You may not be a listener who is concerned or excited or thinking about a spiritual aspect of your life. And this might be a segment of the podcast where you're just like, let's just get to the drum stuff. I understand. I can empathize with that. Um, But you have to understand on a personal level for me that this is something that um, plays its way into everything I do, even my drum set, which is behind me. Mm -hmm. There are not two separate um, facets of my life here. It's not like the God part. Yeah, let's get over that. Let's get to the drums. It's like, no, actually this, this idea of rejoicing and praying and giving thanks in all circumstances that even applies to when I play drums, it, it affects my attitude, uh, when I play and what I write, you know, lyrically and how tour is going for me. Yeah. So I would just say, I empathize with you. If this is something that's like, I can't relate to that. That doesn't speak to me. I'm going to skip over that. I hear you. And, and I get it, actually. Like, I understand there are podcasts I listen to where I'm like, I don't really care about that stuff. But I, but I do need you to understand as a listener that um, just as much as the drum stuff is important to me, if you care about what I have to say about that, which I appreciate, then I want you to know that this is a um, equally and, and, and more important topic for me on a personal level that affects my drumming. It's like upstream of my drumming. It's, mm-hmm. it's not... Two, two separate streams. Right. So um, to summarize all of this, um, be available, be thankful, and be kind. I'm thanking God for a miracle today. Mm-hmm. That's great, man. I'm so glad that they're okay. Um, I, you know, when you sent me that text, there's that moment... You know, you have to start by saying what happened, right? <laughs> you can't. You can't say... <laughs> You know, everyone's okay first because it's like everyone's yeah. okay from what? You know? <laughs> you know, so you texted me this, and there's that like split second of panic. There was, was like, oh accident. shoot, what happened? Yeah. You know, and yeah. um, and so yeah, I'm I'm very relieved, very very glad that everyone is okay. So, um, yeah, same. I I love what you said, and I love how you summarized that. I think um, it's it falls in line with a lot of what I've been thinking about, which 
maybe is not a coincidence either. <laughs> but I've been thinking a lot about mental health recently. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's just a really, um, it's a constant uh, topic that I've been seeing. It, it like It's not even like Mental Health Awareness Month, I don't think. But it's just like, for whatever reason, these things keep coming up. I was watching a video and someone was just talking about... Um, how uh, every day is mental health awareness for them <laughs> because they struggle with it every day. Uh, you know, so, and I was like, wow, that's like a really good point. And then I, like I, saw, I saw like a Robin Williams quote um, about how um, people who are depressed um, are often the best at faking it. And, mm-hmm. and so to your point on like be kind, you never know what someone is going through. I think mm-hmm. the fact that Robin Williams said that is a really good uh, testament true. Um, being that, you know, we lost him to depression and suicide. Um, so it's really important just to maintain that attitude of kindness towards everybody because, I mean, I, I know myself when I'm depressed, um, only the people closest to me know it. Hmm. No one else would know. Um, I'm very good at putting on a face, and I'm also not good yeah. at talking about the things I'm going through, even with the people that I love. I'm not good at talking about yeah. it, and um, and I think that's important. So if any of you are struggling with mental health, um, please talk about it with somebody, and uh, yeah, don't agreed. feel like you have to put a put a face on top of that. Like you can be, you can you can be who you are, and you can share what you're feeling. Like it's okay. Mm-hmm. I know there's a stigma <laughs> in this nation uh, around it, yeah. but uh, but break that stigma, you know. Don't support mm. that stigma. Uh, part, of, yeah. I think the biggest part about breaking that stigma is by doing that exact thing, by mm. <laughs> talking about it and being transparent. And that's what this podcast is all about: is transparency and authenticity. Um, so, uh, so I want to talk about that. And then for um, for the for the Christians listening or the non-Christians, if you're interested, um, I think that like around the topic of Thanksgiving, and I've said this before, but, uh, I've been thinking a lot about worship as well, uh, partly because I've been leading worship at my church, oddly enough. Um, but, uh, (laughs) I just been thinking a lot, a lot about what it means. Um, because, you know, for me, leading worship isn't, it's really tough for me as a performer, as a musician who performs primarily, to switch gears and be a worship leader. And, and so for me to not perform opens me up to, like, <laughs> uh, I, I actually couldn't get through the set the first, I, I've led worship twice now. I couldn't get through the set the first time. I started crying on stage Aww. trying to sing because I, I was, well, yeah, because I was, when I worship, I'm in my basement with my guitar worshiping and that's it. Uh No one's watching. doesn't matter how I sound. And so for me to separate performance and just worship was me saying, okay, I don't care how this sounds. I'm just going to worship. And I mean, that's really what it should be. Like I'm up there, not as a performer, not putting on a show. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to lead people in worship, which means I have to, Mm -hmm. in a way, um, show them, usher them into worship, right? And mm-hmm. that's a really vulnerable spot, at least for me, because um, worship for me is very intimate. It's very um, yeah. moving. It's sacred. It's sacred. That's a great word for yeah. it. Um, Agreed. And so so around this Thanksgiving time, for me as a, as a worshiper, not even a worship leader, 
um, because I still don't consider myself a worship leader necessarily. Um, As a worshiper, um, it says in the Bible that we enter his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. Uh, That for me is a picture of what worship is. It's being in God's presence. It's it's being in awe of Him. It's it's you know so so I think Thanksgiving as a holiday. There's a lot of things I love about it. I'm a big foodie, so I'm all about the food. I I'm a mm-hmm. social butterfly. I love seeing family. So you know spending time with them is is nourishment for me. Uh, mm-hmm. Outside of the food <laughs> nourishment, um, and so but but what's so cool about Thanksgiving is that it's like it's like part of worship. For me, like we're yeah. we're entering his gates with Thanksgiving. When we're being thankful, mm-hmm. that's the first step. You know, that's how I try to start my worship service wherever it is in my basement, on stage, at church, whatever. Uh, thank right. you, God, for this. That yeah. right off the bat kicks off the right mindset for worship. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've talked about this before, but just as a reminder, being that it's Thanksgiving, and um, you know, it's it's been something that's on my mind. So I think everything you said, Matt you know, it's, yeah, you know, be, uh, be, uh, have gratitude, be thankful, you know, be, mm-hmm. uh, be kind, uh, and, mm-hmm. and be present, be available. Um, those are all, yeah. those are huge. Yeah. I want to say more, uh, one more thing about this. Yeah. Uh, there's, there, there's one thing that, that usually gets my attention in movies and even with people, sometimes when I, it's rare, but when I see it with, with people and I know it's happening, it really, it like makes me stand still in my tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I think it's a biblical principle. In fact, I know it is. I think it's something that points us to Jesus, which is why it resonates. Tim Keller talks about how, you know, everything that we've ever seen in a movie that just blows our minds and blows us away. This is obviously not verbatim. Um, is in the end going to come true with Jesus. It's like everything that really hits us hard and resonates with us, it resonates for a reason in this life because we were made for a deeper, um, a deeper, more eternal reason than just, you know, the time we have here. And so it speaks to that part of us. It mm-hmm. speaks to our soul, you know, because we know somewhere deep down that it's true. We can't quite figure it out, but we know we've heard it before and we know we'll hear it again. And and in this case with me, it's this idea of someone who's been through something difficult or someone that's done something great and they have battled and they've given and they've sacrificed and yet they're not wearing it on their sleeves. They're carrying on with their life, um, not bringing other people into it as if to say like, look at what I did or look at what I've been through. And it's, 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 it shows up in movies, like I said, you know, where mm-hmm. you know what that person's been through and it kind of breaks you down to see how in the world they're able to pick their head up and keep going. Yeah. And from that place of brokenness, give to other people in areas where they wish they could be filled up themselves. Mm-hmm. And so I think about like what you were talking about gratitude, it makes me realize, you know, um, what if we... Hear me out here. What if we were the, the, the type of people who were able to be thankful in every circumstance, knowing that not everyone will know how, how little we actually feel thankful at times. Mm-hmm. But, but if we believe what the Bible says about this, God will. Yeah. God sees it. He knows it. Right? Mm-hmm. 
And so imagine being on the outside of someone else's life and knowing what they've been through and yet seeing them carry themselves in a way where it's like, wow, that person's life must be great. Yeah. Like they're so thankful. Like they must, they must be wealthy. Their family must be doing pretty well. They must have a nice house, a nice car, a nice job. Like look at how they care. And yet, you know, somehow, you know, fly on the wall, you know, actually what they're going through. Mm Mm-hmm. And you can contextually say, how is it that they're that thankful in spite of, of what they're going through or what they've been through? Mm-hmm. And yet that fly on the wall, in a sense, you know, if we believe what the Bible says about this, you know, Jesus knows every hair on your head. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you've been through. He knows where you're headed. And he's saying, the Bible's clearly saying gratitude, thankfulness, you know, appreciation, uh, pick your head up in every circumstance. I believe that there's, there's a certain set of truths here that can really help us do a better job of representing Jesus to other people Mm -hmm. because everyone goes through difficulty in their lives. Everybody, everybody is going to go through it. Pain and suffering is a reality. So it's then if that's the case, your response to it is what matters. Yeah. Not the fact that you avoid it or that you get around it or that you get through it quickly. Yeah. What Just you're a lot, what you're outlining, I mean, even the three, uh, three main elements that you, that you pinpointed today are, you know, yeah. fruits of the spirit. <laughs> so like, and we're going to talk about growth in a second, you know, but for, you know, in my mind, like what you're saying is like, you know, we should be seeing the spirit, growing inside of us and that evidence is going to be those fruits you know uh those Mm. things are going to shine through and it's really it really is um opposite of what the world the world is you know i i think about that phrase like be in the world but not of it and Mm -hmm. that i feel like that phrase is so misconstrued so often like it's very it's used in a very divisive way in many cases where it's like you yeah. are separate from everybody else you as a christian Agreed. are better than or you know and like the whole like unequally yoked thing like that's like so freaking taken out of context it, it bugs me <laughs> um but it's like <laughs> we're going to talk about that today <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, it's like but for 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 me it's like uh no um it's it's the the be in the world, but not of it. It's like we live here, right? But we are opposite of the natural instinctive uh, reactions to the things mm-hmm. the world throws at us, right? Like, you know, if, if I am celebrating and I'm rejoicing in pain, <laughs> like yeah. what the heck? Like <laughs> no one has that reaction naturally. But when you look at it, yeah. whether you're a Christian or not, if you are rejoicing in your pain, it makes that pain a whole lot easier to deal with. We've talked, this was like mm-hmm. episode one for this podcast yeah. was pain <laughs> and mm-hmm. rejoicing in pain is literally the solution to dealing with that pain. And it's mm-hmm. like, it's opposite. Yeah. It's opposite than what you feel, than what's instinctive. It's okay to feel pain. It's okay to be in pain. Uh, often yeah. it, uh, it, you know, uh, inspires growth, which is again, what we're going to talk about today. Um, Mm -hmm. but, uh, if we, if react, if we react in in an opposite way, that's what people notice. You know, I, Mm -hmm. I think for me as a Christian, as a, as a witness, 
if I'm going to just start using the Christianese terms, mm-hmm. for me as a witness, uh, it's it's to live differently. Mm-hmm. It's not to it's not to shove the gospel down people's throats, tell them that they need to become Christians or they're going to burn in hell. Like that's so far from the gospel message. <laughs> that's not yeah. at all what we're supposed to be doing. It's it's to live differently. It's to, mm-hmm. to grow the spirit and to let those fruits show themselves. That's what people are going to notice. That's when someone's going to ask you, how are you so happy all the time mm-hmm. amid these insanely difficult things that you're going, going through that you've struggled with? How are you so happy? How are you so kind? How are you so generous? It's like, well, I've got something bigger and better <laughs> than yeah. what this world has to offer, right? And it doesn't yeah. separate me from you. It doesn't make me better than you. Exactly. Um, but you can have this. It's it's free. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, I can't take credit for this. Yeah, exactly. And, and I mean, I mean that that might be a bit of a source of contention depending on um, your theology. But uh, I would argue that there's nothing good. Um, we couldn't have accomplished anything as good as the salvation that's been given to us. In other words, this is something that we cannot take credit for. Mm-hmm. If we it, if we can all agree in saying that our best works are as filthy as dirty rags, and I, I think that it's fair to say that the Holy Spirit has worked in our lives in a way where he has brought us to Jesus. That's right. It's not even something that we can brag about finding <laughs> right. and saying to other people, you know, look, look at what I've done. Look at who I've found. Look at mm-hmm. the relationship I've nurtured. It's like, hmm, I don't know. I, I In my own life, I, I look back and I say I was six years old when I got saved, thanks to my parents creating a household in which that was possible. But as I look back in my teenage years, I, I, I find very little reason to believe that I was the one that hung on to him. Yeah. And yet, I most times I look at it, I see him hanging on to me and Every time that I reach out to him, I know that he's hearing me, mm-hmm. which means he hasn't gone. Mm-hmm. He hasn't gone away. Right. And I think that that will, once again, give you this sense of gratitude. Like, yeah. man, I read this in a worship song. Like, I sing this. I sing these words mm-hmm. in worship songs. And yet, do you, do you believe it? Mm-hmm. Like, do you really believe that it's true? Because if you do, think about the implications on your life. You live a life of response to that, to that gift, to that sacrifice, to that commitment to you, even as bad as you are, as bad as I am. There's someone committed to loving you so much that they're not willing to even turn away when you have done that for years. When right. you were the one to say, I'm good. Things are going well. <laughs> yeah. I don't believe the same thing I used to believe. Tim, you and I, I mean, hell, we've changed our theology 14 <laughs> times over the last At two least. years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what, you were like an atheist when we started yes, this, right? Uh, so. <laughs> not quite, but... <laughs> Agnostic. Yeah. Agnostic. Yeah. Well, I think, I think there's something to say. I think, I think um, and I've said this before as well, but, you know, the, the idea of deconstruction is... It, Nowadays, it's taken as this new idea, and in in a lot of cases, it's it's perceived as toxic. But I think that um, in our in our faith, in our walk, you know, when we're getting to know Jesus and getting to know God, that changes us. You know, Amen. and 
in addition, like life changes us. We go through different things. We right. experience hurt and pain, and, and that changes our perspective on things. Sometimes we get uh, more empathetic towards the people who have shared in our pain. Sometimes we get bitter, and, <laughs> you know. But, like, I think um, everything that we went through, I, I don't think I ever got to a place where uh, where God was at fault. It was it was just, you know, a lot of bitterness and frustration with, with the church, which, um, anyone that's going through that right now, I have a lot of empathy for, and I don't blame you. In fact, I Mm -hmm. encourage you to, to be frustrated, (laughs) get that frustration out because Mm -hmm. you have every right to be frustrated. It's a frustrating thing. Um, you know, but don't let it come in the way of your growth, you know, like, um, I love that we're talking about growth today, actually, both on the drum topic and the faith topic. And this is kind of our faith topic already, but, um, yeah. you know, it's, faith it's important. Faith topic is first today. <laughs> yeah, faith we're topic goes first. That's right. I think it's really important <laughs> to, uh, to acknowledge your growth and to continue to grow. Um, I feel like I keep repeating myself, but like one thing that I am guilty of is making progress, recognizing that progress, and then thinking that I've gotten to the finish line. This is it for me. I am all knowledgeable. I have gone Mm. through everything and now I know everything. Like (laughs) I don't profess that. I don't actually think (laughs) that out loud, but that's- You say that under your breath to yourself, (laughs) like sitting in the studio. That's where I start to get to. It's like, well, I I know better than that. Like I, I don't need to learn now. Like I don't need to, you know, like I start I start to react that way and that's mm-hmm. um and that's not good because like I think life is a lot about learning. Like I, I love learning and I mm-hmm. love growing. Um I love um I don't like being uh in the fire. I don't like uh when things are tough, but I love seeing the outcome of it. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much reward from that. Um and I mean, this podcast Agreed. is a testament of that. Like if you guys listen from episode one to today, uh, growth is a, is one of the key words I would say, uh, mm-hmm. describes what's happened here. <laughs> you know, yeah. We've grown, uh, we're hopefully going to continue to grow. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if I th- our theology changes 14, 16 more times in the next two years. You know, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what should happen. Cause we're, we're reading, uh, the Bible, which I believe is alive in a way, you know, mm-hmm. you're reading it and you're understanding things in new ways and, and, um, you're eating up different parts of it and, and learning and chewing on it. And on this day, it relates to this on this day, it relates to that. And it's, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's a beautiful thing. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just, yeah. So cool. That's good. All right. Drum topic. Drum topic. Um, <laughs> growth. Surprise, surprise. We're going to talk about growth. Surprise. So yeah. this this will have um, <clears throat> this will have an impact on me personally because well I came up with the topic so obviously it's close to home <laughs> but the idea of growth is something I like a lot in general when it comes to drumming because so often we look ahead so we've talked about goals we just talked about goals. What do I want to do? Who do I want to be? Where do I want to end up? 
Man, we're really taking the Presbyterian route, man. Like sermon series now. <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> we talked mm-hmm. about goals last week. Now we're going to talk about growth. <laughs> growth. <laughs> yeah. Part yep, two yep, of our. Yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the word of the Lord. <laughs> so up ahead, we have where do we want to be? And today I want to talk about where have we been? Mm. This is based on um, a tattoo that one of my friends has. I haven't seen him in a while. But he has a tattoo on his chest that says, remember where you came from. I remember him telling me about it. And it makes a lot of sense to me why something like that would be on your body for the rest of your life. Because this is sort of a cultural thing. So in South America, in particular, certain people I've talked to on my clinic tour, they would bring up like where they've been in their drumming. Or what it was like starting to play drums. Or what their family's like. And I remember thinking, like, that's different than how it is in the States with my students, you know? I I don't hear a a whole lot about, like, where they've come from Hmm. or how they started. It's mostly, like, where they want to be. So growth versus goals. And I think the importance for me to think about growth is because it gives you a vision, a more refined vision for what your goals are are and why they are your goals. It also gives you context to say, look at where I was and look at where I'm headed. Mm -hmm. And also alongside of those two points, I think maybe more importantly, it reminds you why you started playing drums in the first place. And we forget that. We get lost in the technique. We get lost in the followers. We get lost in the frustration. We get lost (laughs) in whatever it is. It's catching us off guard today. But if you remember where you came from as a drummer, then you'll remember the excitement when you first picked those sticks up, right? You, you know, held them in your hands and started playing. And for me, when I think about it, it's a hi-hat kick snare. I'm looking left. I have so many pictures of me looking left and just playing whatever beat came to mind over and over and over again until I could get it. And that, mm. just, that just makes me want to keep playing because I yeah. remember the feeling that's associated with that. And so the idea of growth is really important as it pertains to drumming. How I wanted to address this today is I want to break it down Presbyterian fashion, three <laughs> points. I want, you to, I, want you, I want you to write down three ways in which you've had growth in your drumming. So I'm going to go first here because yeah. I've had time to think about this. And then Tim, I'd like, if you don't mind, you can, sure. yeah. you can mention yours. Okay. Um, so the number one way I can say with full confidence I've grown is in my ability to play double bass. So I've that will not be mine. A double bass. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a double bass pedal since I was 15. 16. I was 16. My first kit didn't have one. Mm-hmm. And I remember only being able to play do got do got do got do got that double couldn't play it with one foot, played it with two, and that was the extent of my double bass. And then I remember being able to play... Mm-hmm. I was like, this is really cool. Like, I feel like I'm getting good at this. Well, that's actually pretty rudimentary for a drummer to be able to play, <laughs> you know, your 16th notes in there. It's, it's impressive. It felt, it felt impressive. My friends were like, this is amazing. But I've grown a lot in double bass in that um, I can play faster, I can play longer, without stopping a lot of that's conditioning and a lot of it's control but all Mm -hmm. of it comes back to a lot of practice so double bass 
Number two is going to be in my ability to be efficient practicing and writing drums. So this is a big one for me. It's not so much a drumming skill set. It's uh, an overall approach to drumming. It's a mentality. Mm -hmm. So I know how to organize my time in a way where because I might not have three or four hours in a day anymore to practice, I know how to get the most out of my practice time. And any drummer listening to this that works a nine to five and might have um, kids and just a busy life, you know, you're looking for a way to maximize your practice time. And I feel like I've made a lot of growth in that. The way I've found growth is actually by teaching people. So so I'll ask questions, you know, what is it that you want to do? Well, I only have 30 minutes a day. Otherwise my neighbors will kill, you know, my neighbors will kill me or um, I'm paying for this rehearsal space and I only have so much time there Mm -hmm. or I'm too busy. So I'll say, okay, here's what you're going to do. Smile, suck, shred. You're going to sit down. You're going to have fun. Smile. You're going to play something you can't play and struggle with, suck, and then you're going to end on a high note and record a video and post it online, shred, mm-hmm. right? So I came up with that based on the need to explain to someone what I learned. I couldn't articulate it before that. It was just something in my head or something that I did, but I had no way to explain it. Mm-hmm. So practice routine, writing routine. Uh, writing routine is creation, memorization, application. So I now have a way to describe and think about how do I write drum parts. I create it on as few instruments as possible, creation. I play it fast, slow, and while talking over it, that's memorization. And then the applications where you find your sound. You take what you wrote, take what you memorized, and now you're using it all around the kit. Yeah. So, okay, I've definitely grown in that area. Because when I started playing, it was like, I have as much time in the world, you know. You don't have... A whole lot going on beyond maybe your school and maybe your day job. Mm-hmm. Um, and the and the final thing that I've learned or I've had growth in is really just um, being more musical in my drumming and feeling like it's realizing my place in the band is how I'll put it. So I don't feel the need to solo for an entire four minutes anymore. Before it was like, I need to prove my worth. I have to go crazy this whole time. From when the song starts until the song ends, it's a literally, it's a literal drum solo. Now it's like, all right, calm down here. Let Jake carry this. There has to be room for vocals. All right, mm-hmm. JB's soloing right here, so you, you got to bring it down. Okay, over here, now you can go crazy for four. Okay, bring it back. Bring it back down. When I first started playing, it was like solo. Song's over. Cool. Next song, solo. (laughs) Song's over. Next song, solo. Now it's like, all right, let's think about the other components because you are in a band with other people who are trying to play their instruments and they can't, nobody can hear them because Mm -hmm. of you. Like you're making all the noise back here. So calm down a little bit. (laughs) Calm down. Double bass, practice and writing routine and efficiency. And um, we'll just say musicality. Mm-hmm. Smash the pride level down a couple, couple notches. Yeah, yeah, I love that. So I just want to say that um, I am so thankful for the drums. On the mm. subject of thankfulness, on Thanksgiving Day, one thing I am very thankful for is this instrument, because yeah. as you were saying, like, you know, like think back to your roots, see where you've grown. I was just thinking about like. <laughs> 
and this is like making me laugh and smile at the same time. It's like I, for so long, I had this this kitty drum set, and I learned how to play drums really on this drum set with heads made of paper, and <laughs> I didn't have a hi hat, and I wanted so bad this hi-hat stand, this thing that makes the cymbals go up and down and you can control it with your foot. I'd never had one when I was a kid and I wanted one so bad. I didn't get, I didn't actually have my own hi-hat stand until I was 12, I think. That was when I first got my (laughs) my hi-hat stand. And I just like, I was thinking back to that and I was just thinking how cool it was to get that hi-hat stand and how happy I was to have a hi-hat finally. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, and it's just like, you forget sometimes the joy of drumming and the simplicity Mm -hmm. that you can find in a hi-hat stand, man. Like, I know (laughs) I just wanted a hi-hat stand. I just wanted to, (laughs) I didn't care about anything else. And, uh, or like, like heads that, that aren't made of paper. Like, man, like who would have thought that would have been a luxury, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and Mm -hmm. for me, like getting older than it was like, you know, the, the better, uh, line of Zildjian cymbals and the <laughs> the better hardware, you know, and the better <laughs> drum kit, you know, whatever. But but the simplicity of just like a hi hat stand. I was just thinking about that. So I would actually challenge and encourage all of you <laughs> right funny. now, as a, I guess a, as a podcast challenge, like just stop for a second while you're listening to this and like think about think about your roots. Think about what made like something about this instrument. Uh, even if you're a guitarist, think about what it is about guitar that made you so excited to play even if it was just one day uh Mm -hmm. for me just having a hi-hat stand inspired me to play every day for years (laughs) it was just the coolest thing in the world um (laughs) you know but um anyway getting back to my three things um i didn't have these prepared ahead of time and these might i might answer this differently tomorrow but um as i'm thinking about it um there's one main thing that I've I've had to do a lot that uh, many drummers might not have had to do. I don't even know, Matt, if you've had to really do this because um, you've been in ABR for so long. But I've been in a lot of bands that already had – I was basically coming in as a replacement drummer. Mm, and I, I have I, not had to I've do had this. To, I've had to learn parts. And um, that's kind of worked its way too in, into the content that I post on Instagram primarily, which are, which are covers. Um, I've – found growth in being able to listen to a song and figure out what that drum part is note for note exactly you know playing it exactly the same way as it is on the album um it's something that uh is a little less creative which is against my nature um it's a little bit more like a lot more thinking, a lot more, mm-hmm. you know, figuring things out and less just let me just play what I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I have, I've done it a lot at this point and I kind of, um, I find a lot of satisfaction being able to post a cover that I've sat down and, and figured out and am playing it exactly the way that they played it on the album. Yeah, that it's, takes it's, a lot of time. It takes it takes time and I get that. And um but it really is it's satisfying when you when yeah. you do it. It's like, oh yeah, I can do it. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> um so that's one thing I think I've grown in um that's a great over point. the years. Uh, yep. and another thing too is um like my sound and my pocket. 
mm-hmm. someone was telling me the other day, like, I love your pocket. And I was like, well, what do you mean? Like, I play in the pocket? Like, <laughs> what do you mean by my pocket? He's like, I, I was like, I was just covering this song. Like, I was playing. I, 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 I thought you were going to say it was a non-drummer who it, said this. Yeah, this was, no, like, this was actually, this you, was actually a drummer saying okay. that he loves my pocket. He actually meant your pocket, like your my, drumming pocket. My drumming pocket. For those pocket. listening who don't know what that is, um, you, you might want to. <laughs> Try to explain something that's tr- hard to explain. Okay, so I'll try like to explain this. It took me a second to, to understand <laughs> what he was actually saying. So my understanding right. of the pocket is is similar to what you were saying, Matt, about just playing what's needed um, and not yeah. overworking the song. You know, kind of sticking to just like a, a simplistic groove and throwing things in tastefully. That's kind mm-hmm. of how I would describe it. Um, and so he was he was actually hitting on when he was telling me this he was saying I just love your pocket and um I was like well what do you mean by that uh, and what he meant was like my sound you know mm-hmm. not just like he loves that I play in the pocket I could be playing this very complicated piece that is drum heavy uh, and he'll still say I love your pocket and and the the reason is he likes how I play it even though mm-hmm. I'm playing the exact same notes as this other guy Right. He likes how he can distinguish my sound within that yeah. part, how I play it specifically. And uh and that was like something that I that I kind of took to heart. Like I was like that's like a really cool compliment because I yeah, up until that point it was like I didn't know I had a pocket. I thought there was the mm-hmm. pocket and I play within <laughs> it. Uh, <laughs> the funny thing to me, the funny thing to me is I asked you to explain the pocket and up until now and still, you haven't explained the pocket. You just keep saying the pocket. <laughs> no, so, I, I, did, I did a little bit. I did, hold, I, on, hold on. So, so someone that's listening to this is like, oh, like what, is what, what is it though? Like, okay, it's how you play it. Well, no. What is the pocket? I tried to explain. Right? What, is, what is it? The pock. The pocket. What is it? Um, let me, I'll try to explain it again. I tried to explain it a little bit just a second ago, but I think it's, it's, um, <laughs> It's not, it's, so, if I were to say, like, I want to give an example. By the way, I have a definition for this. I'm just waiting to hear yours. Okay, okay. Yeah. I'm going to ask for your definition Um, momentarily. um, uh, (laughs) Well, so, so, someone who I think really plays in the pocket is, like, Ash Sone, right? Yeah. If, if I'm going to talk about, like, a pocket guy, it's, it's Ash. Um, so for me, it means playing tastefully, not overplaying the song, and just um, yep. you know throwing in little uh, accents that are that uh, that actually aid in the song. Don't necessarily show that you know how to play drums all that well. Like um, often, actually, I've actually came. I came from this place of a, of pop punk and punk rock drums and and emo core drumming and that was what I loved to play it was it was heavy and it was hard and it was you know it was just thrashy and I've come now to this place of like linear patterns and not just like crazy Mm -hmm. like uh all over the place linear but just like what's needed like you throw that little thing in there and everyone's like whoa but it wasn't really that hard and and I think bring going back to Ash Stone you know on his Zildjian live video Everyone mm-hmm. got so uh, the like fill excited that about exactly the the fill that wasn't. There was nothing there. He just stopped playing, and it was the coolest thing ever. And so, like, yeah. like my definition of the pocket is basically playing or not playing exactly right. what's needed, 
uh, and not overworking the song, just kind of sitting back and, yeah, playing in the pocket. So to your point, I would say pocket and drumming, as it pertains to drumming, is great timing, great groove, and serving the needs of the music itself. In other words, giving the other musicians room to play. Mm -hmm. And I think you hit on those pretty well. Yeah. Great timing, great groove, and giving other people the space. If you hear what I'm saying or what Tim's been saying, it's it's almost this non-tangible thing, which is why it's hard to explain. Mm-hmm. It's like you hear people talk about pocket, and it's like, well, I can't just show you the equation for it because there are so many scenarios. And I, I can't show you what a good groove is every single time because like this fan said of Tim's, it's how Tim plays it. It's mm-hmm. the same groove. It's just how Tim's playing it. Yeah. It's more nuanced. Right. Nuance um, is the word. And then... Yep. And then great timing is like there's a way to play something with a click track and be on time, but are you playing it below the click, on the click, or above the click? Like mm-hmm. that's a, in my opinion, one of the biggest aspects of pocket is how does it feel? Yeah. How does it sound? Yeah, you're it's it's on time, but what is the timing of it as it pertains to the click? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Okay. That's it, man. So number three. Number three for me, and you kind of just hit on this. Uh, I feel like I have improved in timing. Um, Yeah, so when I first started drumming, I didn't have a a very good knowledge of... Well, so so I didn't want to take lessons because I was afraid that it would change who I was, my style of playing. I regret that really? a little I bit. I that. regret that a little bit now. I I did take like a couple lessons, but like I was afraid to really get into theory and like really practice my rudiments because I was afraid that I just wanted to play Creed mm-hmm. and Blink One Eighty Two and and I was afraid that it was going to change how I played that. Like all of all of a sudden, I would become a classical drummer or a jazz drummer, and I'd have to play traditional. And <laughs> you know, like I don't know why I had that fear. It was, you know, not really a valid fear, um, right. but but I did. And um, I think that over the course of time, <laughs> no pun intended, um, <laughs> I have improved my timing uh, to the point where, like, you know, just. Like little things like playing to a click consistently, you know, like I started playing to a click live with my bands. Um, I was recording a lot more, so I was playing to a click there. Uh, playing to a click has really improved my timing. Um, I think uh, just learning some rudimentary drum things and, and things about theory has improved my timing. Like now, we've talked about this before, when I'm playing drums... I see a grid, whether a Pro Tools screen mm-hmm. is in front of me or not. I see the capabilities that I have. Yeah, I do that as too. far as off beats, back beats, notes, sixteenth notes, whatever. You know, I can um, I see that grid, and then all of a sudden, my drum capabilities are limitless because yeah. I know I can throw this little thing in here that no one's going to think much of, but I appreciate it because it's on the weird time, you know? Right. <laughs> um, and so my timing overall, I think, has improved, and just my my knowledge of, of time, my ability to play on time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess all-encompassing, my timing has, uh, has improved. I've seen growth there. Mm-hmm. So those are my mm-hmm. three. Yeah, I... That's good. I, I think in wrapping this up, one thing that's been on my mind is take a break from drumming if you need to. Mm. We talk a lot about how you need to practice, you need to work hard. I mean, everyone really knows that deep down, whether or not you've done it or not. That's yeah. another thing, but it's good to take some time. And Justin um, 
Justin Scott, is that his yeah. name? Yep. He mentioned that. That's right. Take a week. Take two weeks. I've taken a nice two-week break after tour. Nice. And it's been awesome. Like, I'm getting back into rehearsals, and I feel excited to play again. Yeah. I'm really excited thinking about, you know, the set, the leveler set that I'm going out to play again. I mm -hmm. know it well, but it's like, all right, I'm excited to see where I'm at, how yeah. much I suck, and I need to fix this, you know, and get this part better. But you know as well as me, you take a little break, and it comes right back, and you feel excited again to play. I would just encourage you this this Thanksgiving, as you're listening to this, might be a good time to push reset. And maybe that means you get back on the kit. Mm -hmm. um, in other cases, maybe it means you take a week break or a two-week break and then go back. Take the pressure off. Drums will deliver a sense of joy if you're not expecting the entire world from it. Right. So take a little break and get some context and go go back to it with a sense of of gratitude that you get to play this amazing instrument. Like Tim said, you know, yeah. if you have a hi-hat stand, <laughs> you're, you're ahead of where he was. And if you have double bass pedal, you're ahead of where I was when I started. Mm -hmm. So our, our faith topic today is uh, growth as well. And we, we don't have a, lo a whole lot of time left. Um, I feel like we did a really good job of addressing this on the front end, but mm -hmm. for the sake of structure, I'd like to, <laughs> revisit some of it on yeah. the tail end of the episode. Let's do it. Let's so, do it. Tim, you want to you want to head this up or Yeah, sure. Start? Yeah. Okay. Um so uh I guess you know, we we did a really good job kind of of covering unintentionally <laughs> growth, which was a almost a natural side tangent of uh thankfulness, oddly mm -hmm. enough, uh, or gratitude, you know, and Yeah. Um I think it's cool just looking back over the last two plus years of this podcast. And I mean, that's like, you know, I've tried to be as transparent about the things I've been feeling and, and have been going through as I can. Um, mm -hmm. And I've learned so much, man. Uh, you know, a lot of it thanks to these conversations where I'm, I'm actually talking out for the first time out loud what I'm feeling mm -hmm. and what I'm thinking. Um, but also, I mean, I, I've just, I've been in a season of like rocket speed growth. <laughs> like mm -hmm. I've just been like getting hit hard with, with conviction and, and, uh, and learning things and seeing how, um, the, the pain of what I've been through has, both strengthened me, helped me in some ways, but also, you know, has hurt my perspective or, um, you know, has hurt, um, my re my reactory tendencies, my reactive mm -hmm. tendencies, I guess is the word. Um, and, and so I'm, I'm working on a lot of those things and seeing growth there. I, I'm also like, um, I guess I, I like you thrive in doing things that are challenging and things that make me feel a little uncomfortable, you know, if I'm not doing that, um, I don't feel as productive and I, I don't feel as fulfilled. So, um, yeah, we're work know, driven. Yeah. Yeah. So, driven. so getting up on a Sunday with just an acoustic guitar and leading worship, which I don't like doing has been a challenge for me. It's, it's, uh, it's not comfortable. Uh, I'm very comfortable on stage, but, um, I, I didn't want to get involved in church. <laughs> I didn't, I don't like worship music. Um, I, uh, 
I struggle to separate performance from worship, especially when it's not like on the kit, it's a little easier for me to separate myself because it's a little bit, it's a little bit more mindless. Um, but right. like when I'm actually singing and playing guitar and, and leading worship and I have to think about You're the really lyrics. You're putting and, yourselves out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm putting myself out there and, and I've learned a lot from that. I, I've already seen rewards. Um, I mean, besides just a, just a great time of worship, I've, I've benefited from putting myself out there like that. I feel like, um, I've had a boost in, in confidence. Um, uh, and I, I've seen, I've been able to recognize tendencies like, like the, the need for approval, for instance, like I remember like that first Sunday that I led, um, you know, people were coming up to me and, you know, just saying that I, how, how good of a job I did. And like, it's so easy to get big headed, even in a church worship setting when Mm -hmm. someone is, uh, you know, praising you in a way for the job that you did. (laughs) And it's, it's easy to forget, like, you know, so, so I, I I heard, I I might've said this before as well, but I I heard this really funny, um, comparison, uh, like, in the, in the church world, when someone commends you for something or says like, that was a great time of worship. Thank you. It's, it's easy to say, you know, it wasn't me. It was God, you know, like that's like for, for whatever reason, like, like the Christian tendency. And I, I heard a really right. funny story of, uh, this guy who was, who led worship at this church. And, um, someone came up to him after the service and said like, you know, great job. Like sounded great great time of worship. And he was like, no, 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 it was God. And, and she said to him, honey, if that was God, it would have been much better. <laughs> Since I heard that story, I have never said it was God. No, it was God. It was all God. Um, I've learned to just take that, um, yeah, you know, um, that credit a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. but at the same time, knowing full well that, uh, you know, it wasn't me that made it a great time of worship. I was able to usher people into that place yeah. of worship, but I wasn't necessarily responsible for it. Um, but yeah, so I've just been, I've been growing a lot in a short amount of time. Um, and I agree. And I think, I thinking, think you have too. Yeah. Thinking a lot about just this podcast and, and, you know, what we've talked about and, uh, the way that I, I felt about certain people or certain things, um, and as opposed to how I feel or, or think about them now, it's, it's, um, it's proof that there's, that there's growth there and, and growth for me is, is a really good litmus test to know if something's Mm -hmm. right or wrong. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, um, so on that note, um, you know, Thank you all for listening to this podcast and for sending your encouragement and for asking questions and for being a part of this conversation because um, I've experienced a, a, a major time of growth because of this. Um, yeah. So I have this podcast to thank. Uh, I have, I mean, I have a lot of people to thank, but mm-hmm. yeah. Do I get a little? You a get little a little bit? thanks. A little. Just like a little, <laughs> little, little bit? I How will, little? To be honest, like these conversations, like, I had a very <laughs> similar uh, expansive time of growth during the Brick by Brick days. And I think a lot of that had to yeah. do with these conversations that we have because it's, mm-hmm. it's, um, it's really, and I, I've said this before as well, so I apologize for repeating myself nonstop in this episode, but it's really, it's really um, special to have somebody that you can have open and honest conversations with that can come 
to you and talk about things um, from a, you know a critical standpoint, not a judgmental standpoint, but a critical standpoint, and challenge you and um, and take what you're thinking or what you're feeling and make some sense of it. And I feel like mm-hmm. that is exactly what these conversations have been for me. I hope they've been that way for you as well, Matt. But like that's what it was in Brick by Brick. That's what I missed when we stopped talking there for a while unintentionally, but just we weren't working in the same space anymore. And like that's what this podcast has kind of refreshed for me. It's like it's like mm-hmm. having a Bible study. It's like having um uh it's like having a brother that we can just grow together, talk about these yeah. things that are difficult to talk about. And, um, I feel like you all yep. have been a part of this journey as well. Like I don't ever yeah. feel like I'm just talking to you, Matt. I feel like I'm talking to right. all of you listening. That's a good point. We always have you in mind as a listener. Mm-hmm. It's not that we forget that you're there. It's, it's, it's always a factor in these conversations. Yep. So, um, we, I would, I would tend to agree with you, Tim, about everything you just said about growth. I, I, um, as you were talking and as my friend was talking the other day, it made me remember, it reminded me of, uh, I think I'll keep her name anonymous, but there was, there was a promoter out in Idaho and, um, (laughs) actually I don't even know her name. We called her mom. So I can't even, I can't even, (laughs) I can't even say her name. I honest to God have, don't think I ever got her actual name. It's always been mom, which really, speaks to what I'm going to talk about with her. Mm. My friend was over the other night, one of my best friends. We were having a little bonfire, cooking some, you know, some meat, you know, drinking some beers. And he he opened up about, to our point earlier, deconstruction, which I, I wasn't really all that aware of until he started talking about this. And he's been going through a period of figuring out what he was taught as a kid and what he was taught in his teenage years at a, a local church. And shedding a lot of the things that he doesn't believe are biblical based on his, from what I could gather, his prayer, him reading the Bible, and him listening to John MacArthur. Huh. So he's he's taking in this new information, and he's realizing, wait a second, I'm not sure about the charismatic movement. Like, I'm not I'm not sure about all those things that I was taught as a, a kid. And I was sitting there listening to him, and it reminded me of mom in Boise, Idaho, she used to run a venue called The Venue, and she would give us a place to stay at her house. She would cook the meals for The Venue. It was probably a 300-capacity club. She would have bands like Us, Terror, and Bury Your Dead play, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, pretty tough tour. And she would cook the food and feed everybody wow. instead of having catering come in or instead of paying a buyout. Yeah. She would make it at her house and bring it all in, her and her sweet husband. Man. And, and you wouldn't know it because of who she was bringing in band-wise, and you wouldn't know it based on looking around the venue, and you wouldn't even really know it just by the words that she used, but sh- she saw that as her ministry. Hmm. And I didn't know it then, but I've thought about it a lot, obviously, over the years. I'm thinking about it now. Um, she really had it right, the way, that, the way that she had a heart for the music industry and the way that she carried out and executed that ministry was in line with what I think we talk about a lot, which is Christians um, suck. <laughs> at, Christians suck at, really at, at taking, yeah. at taking 
at taking the gospel and saying, I want to speak. I want to speak to other people about this. Oh, there was this more after my... that. It, was, it didn't end at Christians suck. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It. There wasn't a... Because... <laughs> there was a pause, not yeah, a period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> Hold on. One sec. Don't pause it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't take me out of context here. <laughs> uh, the gospel is something that we aren't always very good at carrying out in our lives, right? Yeah. In the arts, um, in in business, in politics, like we we butcher it. And I look at mom in Boise, Idaho, and I see someone who did it very well. And I, I remember one time she told me something in her kitchen. We had slept there. I woke up. I was up there talking to her. And I was this like, it was at the time in my life where I wanted August Burns Red to be a Christian band that was a ministry that was preaching the gospel. And I had all the answers to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And I guess I must have been giving her all the right answers as she asked me about the band and my faith and everything. And I, I, I'd say that she must have known because her response was something I've, I've always remembered and was just reminded of hearing my friend talk about deconstruction. She said, Matt, your relationship with Jesus will always be changing you. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, what you know about the world and other people is, is always going to be changing. You've never arrived. You've never gotten to the point where you figured it out and you have Mm -hmm. all the answers. And I, at first I was like kind of offended because she was (laughs) speaking to me. Like there was no one else there (laughs) and she knew what I needed to hear and I needed to hear it. I mean, this speaks directly to spiritual growth Mm -hmm. and it speaks to what my friend was saying, which is 10 years ago, he believed what he did about Jesus and the church and what it meant, the implications for him as a Christian. But today, 10 years later, he's at a different place and he has the, he has the courage, he has the balls. I mean, it's just called what it is. The, dude's married with kids like he he has people that are looking to him for support and leadership in some capacity and he's saying i do not know what i believe in this area which refines his view of jesus because he says i do know i love him mm-hmm. and i do know that he came and he died for me and he rose again and he's calling me to a a, a certain kind of life that i want to live but all this other stuff i'm not I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't really believe in that anymore. It's a commendable thing. It's growth in its most organic fashion, I think, to see someone that's willing to say, question everything. Mm-hmm. And I, I commend mm-hmm. my friend for it. And I think, you know, if I, I wish I still had mom's number because I would call her and say, you were right. All yeah. these years later, <laughs> I'm yeah. realizing it yeah. more and more. Seriously, it's it's... Amazing how intuitive she was and saw that I needed to hear that. That's true. It's true. Well, if it's, uh, we've said this before, if it's real, it can be tested. That's right. Right. And uh, I mean, that's the position I, I've come to. It's, it's, I feel like we should always be deconstructing because Mm -hmm. if it's, because what we're really doing is deconstructing our religion. You know, the things that we've built in that we've set as, uh, cornerstones or steps to to build on and if those if those foundations that we're building aren't 
centered around Christ, around Jesus, around what the word of God says, then they're going to crumble mm-hmm. at some point. And that's what we're seeing. You know, there's a lot mm-hmm. of a lot of faith, quote unquote, that is built around or built on top of religious principles that are not biblical, that are not mm-hmm. what Jesus taught. And so we're seeing faith collapse because these religious principles aren't mm-hmm. aren't strong. <laughs> They're not strong enough to sustain yeah. that faith. And uh, yeah. and so we should always be questioning, I think. Um, and I'm not saying I, I don't want to promote a spirit of cynicism. I don't right. want to be cynical, but I do want to be critical. I do want to be. Uh, I do want to ask questions, and I I do want to. Um, you know, call the people out that are uh, damaging faith, Christianity, mm-hmm. um, because that's important and that is biblical. Uh, yeah, so my, as long as it's not divisive, that's always been our right? yeah. That, that's always been our heart is to defend to defend people who we feel like are are being hurt that's by right. this faith, or to empathize people you know with people who are hurt and broken and cast out by the church. Mm-hmm. Um. Empathy over cynicism, I think, would would be a good way to put our mission statement. Yeah. Because in empathy, you have this idea of of a defense, like you're feeling for somebody else, right? Mm-hmm. And in most cases, something ro- something's been done to that person by yeah. a perpetrator or by an organization, and so there's this act of like you know, raise your dukes, like we're going to stand up for this. But right. alongside of that, it's not just anger and no solutions. It's empathy and let's exactly. show you, exactly. let's try to show you the love of Jesus. Cynicism gets nothing done. <laughs> right. <laughs> empathy, it's a, critical thinking, yeah. that gets, that's that's where the work gets put in and, and things get, yeah. and change happens, right? And right. Uh, so that's what we're doing here is we're trying to inspire growth. We're trying to inspire change. We're trying to inspire uh, people to look at what's most important. You know, if we took the church at, at face value, none of us would be Christians because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's failed us, right? <laughs> it's the church has failed us. Let's just be yeah. blatantly honest about that. You know, mm-hmm. um, but the beauty of the church is that it is, uh, it, it is made up of imperfect people that God still loves. And I am included mm-hmm. in that. <laughs> so, <laughs> right? Thank God. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> the sign of the cross. <laughs> Very Presbyterian of you, man. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, man. This was, right. this well, was a this great one. A, yeah. This has been a good conversation. We appreciate you listening to this on Thanksgiving or soon thereafter or many, many months later. I don't know yeah. where you're at in the Holy Ghost Notes trip, but... It certainly is one, and we're happy to have you here with us. Yes. Um, we have a, um, a way of supporting us, if you're interested. Mm-hmm. It's called the Inner Circle. We have multiple tiers that you can sign up at, depending on what your financial status is or what you're able to give. We really appreciate anything that you can give us. We realize that there are a lot of places that could use your money, and if you feel like this is a place that uh, encourages you and edifies you and makes you think, hopefully makes you laugh, teaches you a couple things along the way, um, we have, we have tiers all the way up from a couple bucks all the way up to, you know, 50 bucks. Um, so you can sign up for our Patreon. You can also follow us online on Instagram, uh, Twitter and Facebook. And our inner circle has a really good community. Actually, there's, there's 
um, a self-made organic community of people who have created this like what is becoming a dating network actually <laughs> um, two, two, two people have I've two different love. couples <laughs> two different couples have found a deep sense of love that's great yeah. through the inner circle yeah so appreciate all you guys that are a part of it and if you're looking at being part of it thank you very much Yes, yeah. So you can find out more about that on patreon.com slash holyghostnotes. Um, lots of cool perks at uh, different tier levels, as Matt mentioned. And yeah, can't say enough about the inner circle. He did a good job of mm-hmm. uh, of kind of teasing that a little bit, right? Well, thank you. <laughs> um, on that note, uh, I want to welcome... I'm growing in that area. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to welcome uh, Benjamin Deere, uh to the inner circle. Uh, thank you for Benjamin your support, there. Benjamin. Uh, welcome. And uh, yeah, guys, uh, this has just been such a fun, uh, a fun ride. Uh, I love the growth that's happened. Um, even beyond Matt and I, uh, I've had so many conversations with you guys and have seen you grow. Um, mm-hmm. Unrelated to this podcast in many cases, just things that have happened in your lives. And uh, I've been... Uh, blessed enough to hear those from you. Uh, thank you for sharing those with me. Um, it's cool to see everyone growing together in a way. And um, let's, you know, here's to continuing to grow and continuing yeah, to right. learn. And uh, yeah. So. Yeah, well, we hope you have a very, very nice Thanksgiving if it is Thanksgiving. Tim, mm-hmm. I hope the same for you. You too, Matt. Enjoy those mashed This potatoes. has been a blast. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I will. My, um, we have we have two special guests that are going to be joining us here um, before too long, which is going to mm-hmm. be a, a fun way to end 2021. Um, so keep your eyes keep your eyes peeled, keep your ears peeled. That's yep. going to happen here fairly soon. Yes, yes, I'm excited about that one. You guys will be too. Yeah. Excellent. Well, there's only one way to to end this off. Appropriately, there really is, <laughs> right? Starts with P and ends with E. You ready? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Peace. Peace.